Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 247th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends over at audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au, the best in audio-based equipment. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit, and joining me today, my podcast, Ride or Die, the Loki to my Loki. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. How the heck you doing, Miss Ellie Hart? I don't go by that name anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm doing good, doing good. It feels like forever since we last recorded. It's weird. Yeah, it's we've ha- we've had a little mini break in between, uh, you know, normal episodes and now uh, double bottle episode E3 coverage extravaganza. So uh, mm. we're back. With our normal rotation here for episode 247, tackling the the latest comings and goings in the uh, the video game and geek culture universes. Uh, yeah, so uh, welcome back, Hungry Gamers listeners, and welcome back ourselves. It's uh, It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. It was funny, um, kind of like getting bearings after E3 and um, realizing like, okay, and then we've got a podcast drop. Oh, no, we don't have a podcast dropping. Oh, it's just like all this like dead air for a bit now. So, but hopefully, hopefully two episodes was enough to catch up between then. I think so. I think, you know, we did like th- over three hours worth of E3 coverage. That's, that's pretty juicy for any, any, any fans of uh, the Hungry Gamers. Hopefully that was enough of a serving of, of E3 and you, and you got a, got a lot out of it. Um, we, we did a little bit differently with like, you know, trying to tackle every conference would have just been absolutely bananas. So it was nice oh, to yeah. do it in a, in a compressed, but still long form uh, style doing it across two two different episodes and uh, yeah it was fun it was fun and yeah. E3 gave us a lot to ponder on over the next couple of months couple of years as we yeah. see these games come to reality yeah, that's true good times Miss Hart good times but uh, yeah we're here we're episode two forty seven um, we could maybe jump into what we've been up to we've got a collective game. We've both been playing a little bit um, over the last week or so as well, and very exciting because we've got a, a spoiler cast to record on said game after this podcast as well. So I uh, cannot wait to talk a bit of Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not going to go into too much detail of my experience. You'll have to listen to the spoiler cast to get uh, my full, full... Uh, thoughts and opinions on this game but um yeah i've been trying to nail it down and try to get a platinum that everyone seems to be getting with this game so make that number two for me um but yeah um i will go into more detail on our spoiler cast so but yeah it's it's a good game not i was about to say non-spoilers it's more than fine you'd say you'd grade it higher than fine in your opinion just have to listen to the spoiler cast to find out. Yeah, it'll it'll be out probably two days after this episode drops on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed. So check back to the Hungry Gamers uh, podcast on whatever player you consume us on. And uh, yeah, Wednesday, you will see uh, Rat and Clank Rift Apart spoiler cast there with myself, Miss Ellie Hart, John O'Peck and Matt Tilby diving deep on Insomniac's little uh, little 
action adventure platformer classic question mark mm. <laughs> but I, I i enjoyed my time with it. that's all i'm gonna say you know non-spoilers i think everyone's seen a trailer or a still image it's it's one of the best looking console games i think i've ever seen that that's all i'll say about it right now it's true it looks really really nice it's so pretty uh a game that i've been playing also this week um <clears throat> it looks okay it's not as pretty as ratchet and clank uh, I've been playing Dark Alliance, which is this uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, co-op party-based action brawler, you could say, maybe, mm-hmm. as far as how you describe it. You know, squad-based, uh, merely extravaganza. I don't know why I've used that word twice now within the span of five minutes, but here we are. Maybe I'm just having RuPaul uh, withdrawals. But uh, yeah, I've been playing this. It's by uh, Tuk Games or 2K Games, T-U-Q-U-E Games. And that's a that's Ooh, a tricky. new studio that um, uh, Wizards of the Coast actually purchased. So they own this studio that's making this game. Oh. And it's like the first ever game they've made. And you can kind of see why it's the first ever game they've made. Oh, maybe not why, but you can see that it is the first ever game it's made. Um been playing with Benny and NATO because it can support up to four players in a, in a, in a party. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the party that we're in is, uh, it's not a party I'd recommend everyone to go to, uh, I guess you could say. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's oh. very buggy. Very oh. buggy. The, like, it's, it's a peer-to-peer connection. There's no hosted servers. So there's a bit of rubber banding going on and okay. there's some lag and some weird delays on enemies getting hit sometimes or you making a movement sometimes so it can be a little uh little how you doing miss hart and not in a good way yeah i've been hearing like mixed things but mostly not i guess so positive things about this game um a lot of people like just have kind of expressed saying that it it feels a little bit half done yeah. I don't know if that's a, a everyone's kind of right on the mark, but I remember seeing this like the trailers for this one, and it didn't really, it didn't really grab me, unfortunately. So, and I guess based on your opinions, I guess I won't be picking it up anytime soon. It's it's weird because the trailers that they shown for this game, it, it has a lot of humor in the trailers, like a little personality and charm, at least in the in the trailers mm. that I saw. And you don't really get any of that in the game. Like, oh, you're just really? running around. You, you get it from some of the enemies here and there, like with the little... Like, the cutscenes look great. I'll give it that. But the game itself, you're just running from from biome to biome, hacking and slashing and casting abilities, killing wave after... You know, it's, it's, it's a formula that works in a lot of games. But when you have this janky connection and inconsistent um, hit detection and... Uh, little things like you, you can't like there's so many areas you fight enemies on like cliff sides and stuff you can't knock them off but if you press the like an attack button too far like too close to the edge you'll go flying off the edge so you can fall off and then you can die or get reset back somewhere else where enemies almost hit like this invisible barrier and are just like teetering on the edge and uh, the the AI on the enemies isn't that great but then at the same time that it gives you no rhyme or reason, but you'll just randomly get one shot by a certain like a certain move from an enemy, and that could just be a general like sort of creep, or it could be you know boss enemies. Fair enough, but just general run of the mill creatures you're fighting along the way, they might just randomly pop a move. And it's like oh, I'm suddenly down, even though I'm like a tank character with all this uh, defense inbuilt in me. 
I've just been tapped by some arrow from a little archer and you're like, oh, okay, cool, man. You know, and it's just, it's not done well. Like, I think you said it perfectly where it doesn't feel finished. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to describe it. Like, playing with Nato and Benny's been fun, but like, I played this game by myself. I reckon I would absolutely hate it. That's probably the best way, like, because oh, yeah. enemies would get too overwhelming. The hit detection with this skewed difficulty scaling mixed with some of these bugs would just not equate to a good time. But playing it with friends and playing it as part of Game Pass it makes it a lot more, uh, you know, palatable because it's like, well, it's not costing me anything. Like, if I bought this game from the shops full price, I'd be pretty sad, yeah. That's saying something, though, if you're um, opting for the option of playing multiplayer, where especially when you said that there's rubber banding due to the, just the connection between games. It's really tough, Miss Hart. And, like, we copped a, a fair few back-to-back disconnects, and it's not like in, in, say, a Destiny or even, like, Outriders, where if there was a disconnect, you could rejoin on your squad mate and, like, continue in that level or that world you're in. It's like, no, you disconnected. You can't rejoin that session. You have to start again, load in, and then actually then load in again in online mode and then start a new session oh, with those squad mates. So all that loot and all that experience you got that you were embarking on there, it doesn't carry. You lose all that. It gets wiped and you have to do it again. So it's That's very frustrating. Very yeah. frustrating. But graphically, it's okay. It looks like um like the Shadow of Mordor series. That's the, the, the art oh. style. So the characters and the creatures, they all look pretty cool. Like there's there's some funky uh, weapon and armor customization. You get lots of pieces and you can mix and match to get your get your one of four character archetypes designed up the way you like. There's a few there's a good amount of moves and stuff. So there is some some fun and variety in how you can look and how you can attack. But outside of that, like under the hood, it's like, oh she's a bit broken under there. That's a shame. Yeah. But anyone's got Game Pass, try it on there. Don't don't run to EB Games or GameStop or wherever and drop full price on this thing. Yeah, get a Game Pass subscription and play it on there. Otherwise, you might be a little disappointed in your purchase. Yeah. I'm also disappointed, Miss Hart, because um, the season finale of season two of Mythic Quest aired last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad because it means I'm not going to get any more Mythic Quest for... Who knows, because they still, I don't think, have officially greenlit a third season. I'm hoping they do because it's such great television. I feel like they will. I feel like Mythic Quest is finally getting, like, some recognition. It's getting a fan base. And obviously with, you know, companies that have already attached themselves to the, you know, to the series, um, big gaming companies, I I think that they'll probably schedule it on for a third season. It's a great series. You hope so. You'd hope so. It is so good. I love the writing, love the cast of characters. I love the the heart and the humor. It's it's so awesome. Anyone that's got access to Apple TV or can access this show in other means, do so immediately. There's two seasons, collectively over 20 odd episodes with those two special episodes they did in between season one yeah. and season two. And it's just so, so, so good. It's one of my favorite things on television. But uh, Miss Hart, something else that's on television now, or I guess on streaming services on your television on Disney Plus, Loki. I have not watched the third episode from this week yet, but I've watched episode one and two. I've watched the third. You've watched the third. How are you mm. finding Loki so far? You invested, you in, you loving some Tom Hiddleston? Uh, without saying too much about 
the last episode. I'm thinking that Loki can't ha- like can't exist successfully without having a good counter. Like mm-hmm. the bad against his well, the good against his bad, if that makes sense. Like Yep, yep. Like so Thor in the other movies, for example, like that his yin to his yang. Exactly. Um Yeah, I like there's elements that I'm really loving about this series. Like I like um like certain details, but then uh, there's there's been a few areas where it's kind of dropping for me or I'm hoping that there's like just gonna be this wonderful outrageous twist that like really throws us all through an emotional loop because right now if things are going the way that they're going I'm just like okay like yeah I don't know like kind of like how in WandaVision we all kind of suspected something pretty Mm -hmm. pretty early on in the series so when I guess the bomb was dropped we all kind of like yeah we we kind of knew that we all were kind of suspecting that kind of thing um so yeah that that's that's I'm I'm hoping for a genuine like jaw drop experience. Yeah, I'm um I'm enjoying it so far. Like it hasn't grabbed me on the same level that uh what like like WandaVision like you mentioned or even Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Those two like had me a lot more invested and I'm hoping as these episodes continue to come out it grabs hold of me more. Like I like the world. I like Tom Hiddleston. I like Owen Wilson in this show of all people. Owen Wilson is amazing. Like in the in the same breath of saying he's amazing in this, he's just playing himself. Like I feel like Owen Wilson just plays Owen Wilson, but he does it enough to feel like I'm like I I recognize that this isn't like Hansel from Zoolander. I'd recognize that, but it's still all the same thing if that makes sense. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's just He's just got this like softness and niceness about him and everything he does. Like yeah. I haven't noticed him dropping any like wows so far yet, but there's yeah. there's one bound to be bound to be thrown in there. But um I think the biggest takeaway with with Loki that I've found so far is like I like that they're giving Loki through Tom Hiddleston a bit more creative freedom as far as uh you know showing some vulnerability and showing different layers of emotion instead of just being this this smart arsey god like they're showing a little bit of humility in in loki and and uh, fleshing this character out more but then chucking it over this crazy crazy like it's aesthetically it's a gorgeous world like some of these some of these um timelines they're warping into and stuff is just a feast for the senses so uh yeah, yeah marvel are hitting on hitting on all those notes for me yeah, I feel like Loki's character, though, is coming a little, like, to me, it feels a little inconsistent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of character traits that don't seem to be lining up, and he just seems to jump between what needs to be done for the scene, if that makes sense. Like, I don't like I don't feel like he's one consistent character all the time, but I don't know. Like, I don't want to sound like a hater or anything like that. For the most part, it's good TV. But um, I guess when we, you know have these like mammoth shows one after each other and we are essentially comparison them like each and we know that they're all connected to a greater story so it's kind of hard to be like looking at one and saying that was great and then looking at the other and saying like it's just as good it yeah. has the best it loki has probably my favorite like like universe like setting 
mm-hmm. at this stage. Like, especially in the office with all the antiques um, hanging around. Like, that's great. And I love some of the characters too. But yeah, there's just some things that aren't that aren't sitting with me right just yet. Yeah, I, li- I like the... Uh... Like I, I agree with what you said that the quirkiness that this show has got compared to Falcon and Wanda is is it, it really stands on its own in that regard. They've really lent into this this unique, crazy, quirky world and assortment of characters. And and um, yeah, I'm I'm keen to watch. I'm going to watch episode three over the weekend and see how it goes because episode two sort of ended on a, on a pretty big cliffhanger. So I'm excited to see where they continue to build this world out and, and introduce and, and unpack some of these characters more. So uh, plenty of good television on at the moment, Miss Hart. Plenty mm. of good television. Um, also things that are good, 8-Bit Nation, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-Bit. If you wanted to support us monetarily, you can do so over there at that hub. Those subscription tiers are coming, Kofi says. They're still not active just yet, so it is just that flat $5 AUD fee if you wanted to get behind us from a financial standpoint. If you don't or you can't, that is more than fine. Just be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all your other podcasts on your podcast rotation on Apple Podcasts, on whatever whatever player you listen to us on. Just rate, review, subscribe because those reviews take no time, cost you no money and mean an awful lot to not only us, but also there's other podcast hubs that are, you are consuming. So uh, please do that when you can. Um, obviously, Audio Technica, the best audio establishment in the business. I uh, mentioned their websites right off the jump there, but you can get headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables, you name it, they've got it. So whether you want to get into content creation, whether you just want to upgrade your streetwear, headphone, in-ear or over-ear style, they have got the gear for you. So head on over to audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au to kit yourself out in all that audio-based greatness. But Miss Hart, let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. And the first bit of news, Miss Hart, Final Fantasy IX animated series is currently under development. Kid Screen has reported it will reportedly be co-developed with Square Enix by French studio Cyber Group Studios, with Cyber Group also handling distribution, licensing, and merchandise. As you know, there will be bucket loads of merchandise attached to this, no doubt. Uh, Episode count and length have not yet been finalized. Cyber Group Studio CEO Pierre Sisman says in the report. However, it will be in production by the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022, and it will reportedly be aimed at children between the ages of 8 and 13. According to the report, Cyber Group Studios is currently putting the final touches on the series Bible and is getting ready to pitch it to broadcasters. Uh, so firstly, off the jump here, Miss Hart, I have never heard of like a pitch deck or a synopsis referenced as a series Bible before. I don't know if that's a common term in mm. uh, television or, or media, but that's strange to me. But uh, it's also strange to me, oh, I've, I, maybe not, because I've never played Final Fantasy IX. So tonally, when they say ages 8 to 13, is that sort of in line with that game, Miss Hart? I, I I am not the Final Fantasy aficionado. <laughs> I recognize the characters from Final Fantasy IX. In regards to story, though, like all Final Fantasy stories are pretty heavy, like in yeah. some way. So I understand that they obviously picked Final Fantasy IX definitely for the character design. Um, but in, in regards to story, I'm not too sure because, like, that age group of eight and thirteen, like, first of all. 
That's a very tight age group. <laughs> like, it's very specific, isn't it? Yeah, very, very specific. Um, and then um, I love all the Final Fantasy adults that are just going to be like, yeah, right, watch me. Um, so, um, like, it's going to, like, I assume it's going to look beautiful. It's going to be a stunning uh, animation. It'll be like that 3D kind of, I guess, Pixar looking animation, I assume. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that's, that's my thoughts as well. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, like, and as you mentioned, merchandising and everything that's going to be attached to it is going to go through the roof. Actually, that is smart aiming it towards kids because you've already got the adults. They'll buy anything. So yeah. now you've got to like tap into that kid market. Oh, well done, Square Enix. Well done. Yeah. FF9 animated series. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got very little skin in the Final Fantasy found a fantasy game outside of knowing that there's lots of chaos to uh try and take down these days but um yeah it's like it's smart like yeah when they're going to have the big marketing machine behind this thing targeting it to kids is certainly the smartest way to go i'm assuming ultimately this is going to get snapped up by maybe netflix or amazon would probably be where i'd put my money yeah probably those are probably the safe bets, unless for some reason it would go to like HBO Max. But maybe, maybe mm. some someone will will back up the the money truck and uh, say how much do you well, need? What Square Disney. Yeah, well, Since that age group got too Kingdom works. Kingdom Hearts and stuff. Yeah. Ooh, I like you thinking here, Miss Hart. Mm. I'm surprised they haven't made, or unless they are under under secrecy, made a Kingdom Hearts show because it would probably make more sense then than trying to understand the game meta and the game story maybe this is like you know this is the testing of the waters to see if the kids are on board yes yes i like that idea this this could be yeah dipping that toe see if there's Mm -hmm. some hunger for it and then uh lo and behold his his uh his kingdom hearts with all these characters you know and love with a bit of final fantasy flavor chucked in there too so uh yeah, this this is going to come out. I'm assuming 2023, just uh, yeah. or back end of 2022, depending on when this production cycle finishes up. But uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for the series Bible that is going to be thrown around there uh, as far as pitching this thing. So yeah, I think it, I think it's short odds to be on on Netflix or Amazon or HBO. I think that's that's the three that'll go to ultimately. Mm, time will tell. But yeah. More games getting turned into TV. It's not a bad thing because the quality seems to be on the up and up. So uh, I'll watch this. I don't know anything about Final Fantasy IX, but I will watch this anime. It'll be cute as it'll be cute as fuck. Like, but for the kids, for the kids, for the kids, something that's probably a little less for the kids. Uh, Abandoned developer postpones their trailer reveal. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been keeping up with the with the uh, the comings and goings on the social medias regarding abandoned and is it or is it not Hideo Kojima in disguise and is it or is it not the next Kojima Productions game? But anyway, we'll, we'll jump into this little snippet from IGN. So after previously releasing a video on Twitter confirming he is indeed a real person and not Hideo Kojima in disguise, game director Hassan Karaman has once again taken to the Blue Box Studios Twitter account to break the news that the Curious Trailer app for the game won't be making its initial release due to some last-minute bugs and issues with localization. Karaman also stated, uh, also cited the stress that the team has been under the past couple of weeks from having to respond to the speculation and questions that have been put in their way. 
but he did take a moment to thank those who are looking forward to the release of the trailer app and apologize for not being able to hit the intended release date. So yeah, the old uh, internet truthers and rumor millers have been absolutely beating the doors down on Blue Box Studios saying it's a fake studio, it's a shell company for Hideo and co. This is their next game. We want the truth. Give us the truth. The internet can't handle the truth. And then Hassan Karaman's come out and said, yo, I'm a real person. Look at me. I am not Hideo. This is our game. And the internet still doesn't completely buy it. That's the crazy no, thing. They, and they, I don't think they will until maybe it releases or maybe even after it releases, they'll be like, nah, he's still attached. They've just taken his name off it or it's under another name or some crap like that. Like, I don't understand, like, like how this like spiraled so much, like how it just completely like went out of control because it just went through like a few people kind of speculating and making comments and then it got like got picked up by journalists like you know speculating so then when that happens and apparently it becomes the truth and then then the fan boys and girls they just you know they get a little crazy and I, I feel kind of bad for blue box like granted this like is great exposure but Unfortunately, with this level of exposure and to what reasoning the connection is to them getting this exposure, they're going to be hit with twice as much like criticisms and all the other bullshit that comes with like releasing a game. So it's yeah, a it's, whirlwind. It's, it's certainly good and bad because it's it's got a lot more eyes on on abandon and what it could or could or couldn't ultimately be. Like the 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 rumor mill was churning, you know, this is the next Silent Hill game and rah, rah, rah. And, and because it's a PS5 exclusive, which, uh, you know, the previous PT demo and that future iteration of Silent Hill that ultimately got canned was going to be. So people are still holding on to that tiny little skerrick of hope that that's what this game could be. And uh, yeah, we're waiting now. Like this, this, uh, this sort of demo through the app was going to be shown uh, how it was going to be running on the PS5 and it was going to be shown uh, yesterday. So... So the 25th of June, or your 25th of June, so it would have been shown for you today, our yesterday here in the AU, but now that's been kicked down the line to August. So we'll see in about six, seven, eight weeks-ish time what this game looks like, and if this is the ultimate bait and switch, and they do turn around and say, surprise, we got you, it is actually, uh, you know, a Kojima production, and it is Silent Hill, or if it's just going to be this cool game called Abandoned, some survival horror fun out out in the forest. Yeah, I'm all for new horror games. I think it's great when, you know, we get a possible new, you know, emerging possible franchise. Mm. Um, But yeah, this is just this overall thing is just being, ugh. The internet being the internet, Miss Hart. Exactly. Won't be the last time. Uh, but what might oh, no nah, probably not won't be the last time because uh, this this franchise is eternal and will keep getting uh, you know reimagined and redone and brought out in a whole host of ways because everyone loves this IP and uh, we're talking about co-op shooter Aliens Fireteam Elite. It's gotten an August release date. So Aliens Fireteam, which has now had the funky Elite added to it for Christ knows what reason. Um, Makes it sound more special, more mm. prestigious. Who knows? So Aliens Fire Team Elite, which is the upcoming co-op shooter from Cold Iron Studios, it's going to be released on August the 24th for Xbox Series X slash X, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and PC via Steam. Uh, they've also opened up pre-orders since, and you can get some additional 
swagger, some ex extra in-game stuff if you wanted to pre-order via your gaming websites of choice. But yeah, Aliens Fireteam Elite, co-op shooter in the Aliens universe, playing as a mm. space marine. Uh, fool me once, uh, Aliens. Fool me twice, Aliens. This is going to be probably fool me 65th time the amount of games I've made in this world, but I'm going back. I'm going back again to see if it's going to be good this time. You in, Miss Hart? You joining me? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, wait, you didn't like Alien Isolation? Oh, I loved Alien Isolation, but okay. you know how they did uh, Aliens Colonial Marines uh, a couple of years ago? The oh, most recent one? Barely. That one was a, like, aesthetically it was stunning, but the gameplay was shit. Mm. Well, as like obviously Alien, but like also me being a Predator fan, it's the Predator game that they released. A lot of people had a lot of fun with it, but it was a very short fizzle of um, success, I would have to say. So hopefully Aliens can have that co-op experience and have some longevity attached to it. Mm. I, I don't uh, I don't like our chances of longevity. I think it might be just mm -hmm. a... We we get in, we go on a bug hunt, we kill lots of Xenos, we pop some abilities because there's different classes for your characters and what have you. And yeah, like it could be once you finish it, you could be like, yeah, cool, that's it. That's good for me. But like if we can walk out of this game feeling that way, I'd be happy. Like if we just do one run, complete the game, it's like, that's cool. And I don't have to want to go back. I'll be happy with that. Would you be happy with that? Maybe. What I'm thinking that could work is like Gears Award Horde mode. Mm -hmm. and but with that element of like horror i guess so working with your pals in more like dark spaces so that like when the xenomorphs kind of just pop out like you might have that element of surprise and scare as well but for the most part you're like holding holding a space against like a horde but eh, i don't know i guess we'll see <laughs> i'm i'm just excited to uh to get very scared, as I always do in these games, when you've got the tracker out and you're just hearing the, the like the, the, what, the little pulses, and then you're mm -hmm. seeing the little like the the really faint blue white dots of all the the creatures or the characters that are that are coming, and you see the meters getting closing in on you, and mm -hmm. uh, that that dread that comes with those trackers in any of these alien games just gets me straight away. Like my heart starts going, the anxiety goes up. And because, yeah, they're, they're coming out of the damn walls, you know. They're in the roof, climbing in the vents. You know, they're everywhere. These Xenos, they are smart sons of bitches. It's the face huggers. It's the ones where you're just minding your own business and then something just jumps right in front of the screen. Yeah, good times. So hopefully they can capture that uh, that sense of dread and claustrophobia. And even though, yeah, you're, you're a marine packing heavy machinery and heavy weaponry, they do manage to hopefully make you feel helpless at times that's what i want i don't want to mm. feel like i'm just some muscle dude that can kill everything and not worry i want to feel like i'm i'm helpless and fighting for my life you want to feel that trickle of pee going down your leg oh yeah yeah literally and uh emotionally i want that uh, emotional pee running around inside me making me feel childlike and helpless and uh Niantic are probably feeling a little helpless at the moment, Miss Hart, because uh, there's been some backlash amongst the community. We're talking about Pokemon Go. So the Pokemon Go community is currently expressing anger at developer Niantic in response to announced plans to roll back changes implemented into the game due to the COVID-19 pandemic. These changes, which increase the real-world distance across which players could interact with in-game elements to aid with social distancing, were well-received by the community and they don't want to see them removed. 
Niantic announced the changes coming to Pokemon Go on June 21st. So they're out there now, unless they've been rolled back off the back of this uh, community-based hysteria. But they include the reduction of Pokestop and gym interaction distances. These will be reset to the distances they were pre-pandemic. Additionally, during the pandemic, incense effectiveness was also increased, which allowed Pokemon to be attracted to your location and thus allow catching from home. Upcoming changes will reset... Uh, so the changes will reset to the original standard effectiveness, but also provide a bonus for those moving. The announcements of these changes have upset everyone within the Pokemon Go community as the pandemic response alterations to the game made it more accessible to its players. So this, Miss Hart, mm. this is so tone deaf and stupid from Niantic because not everyone can get out and about still. There is a lot of people still in ISO and in you know, rolling lockdowns and rolling having to be stuck at home and... Maybe this game is their escapism. This game is helping keep them afloat. And then Niantic are like, you know what? We're scaling it back. Middle fingers to y'all. Love it or leave it. Yeah, it's the accessibility element. Like, I recall the... I feel like it never really got better. Like, a lot of people were in locations that, for whatever reason, Pokestops and gyms just never spawned or were never generated for them. So having the full experience of the game was usually quite... You know, it, it it would require them to literally get in a car and drive somewhere. And then other people where, you know, stops and such are still far away. Because usually, like, Pokestops in general are usually locations of interest in on your map. So for some people in suburbia, you might not have that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, I, it, it this does seem really, really close-minded and just, like, absolutely showing that they have the ability to provide this service and then just decide to kind of pull it back now because uh, I guess people, by having this kind of access, weren't purchasing things as much because they were getting a better experience by having more accessibility. I don't know. But, like, for anyone to actually make... For them to actually make that decision, it has to be money related. Oh yeah, I, I agree with you 110. percent Like I know we uh, we like to theorize and get our tinfoil hats on, but it certainly sounds like yeah, those those in-game purchases were happening less frequently because yeah, these Pokestops and things are more accessible to people just from the you know their own doorstep or their own couch. So uh, hopefully, we see Niantic maybe step like uh you know take a couple of backward steps on this and say okay we're, we're sorry we we misread this situation we're going to roll it back to to how it was during you know covid still happening so but like due to the covid pandemic let's roll it back to, to what we had there implementing the the social, social distancing aspects and that kind of thing again because uh the community has spoken niantic are you going to listen to your fellow trainers or are you going to just uh listen to those corporate fat cats chasing them dollars that's the question I anticipate that what they're going to do to make people feel better is Pokemon Go has like days, like special days where, mm -hmm. you know, you can collect certain Pokemon and have a higher chance of them being shiny and other festival events where you can collect like Pokemon that are wearing hats or certain attire. So they'll probably just add these days where they have these extended radiuses and all that kind of special stuff to um, yeah. appease or think think that it's the right course of action where they don't have to permanently have it on. Yeah, uh. they'll, they'll have some kind of strategic angle where they can somehow make some money off those off those days as well. So uh, oh yeah, 
we're watching you, Niantic. We're watching you very closely, very closely. And uh, people are also watching most PS5 players now because, <laughs> oh boy, the developers of Marvel Avengers, uh, Marvel's Avengers uh, have released a new patch that fixed a bad bug for PS5 players that showed their IP addresses on screen, Miss Hart. Stranger danger. Having an IP address on display poses a particular problem for streamers and people trying to record gameplay of the game as your IP address can be used to glean a lot of information about you, such as an approximate idea of your location. Hoa! Patch 1.8b has been published and fixes the issue that was occurring on PS5 where sensitive information was displayed on screen, the developer said on Twitter. PS5 players are safe to stream now. End quote. The bug first appeared in the PS5 version of Marvel's Avengers on Tuesday following the 1.8 update, which adds new content and a long list of other bug fixes. Yeah, whatever. And improvements. The developers first acknowledged the IP address issue shortly after the original update went live on Tuesday, and they recommended that players refrain refrain from streaming it until it was solved. Oh, this game, Miss Hart, this game just keeps taking hits and not in a good way. Like it no. is going, you know, it is it is very shaky footing. It's in the twelfth round, you know, it's it's got that punch drunk vibe going on, and one more hit and it's gonna be knocked out. Yeah. Man. And this is uh, this is actually really bad. Imagine if a person who maybe isn't aware or didn't really recognize what the numbers meant and just going out there and streaming. I remember the first Twitter post that um kind of expressed their um their problem when they um kind of just like essentially said like, "Hey, thanks guys. I just streamed my IP number out to my stream. Thanks." Like, what the hell? Like so I don't I think I think they would have actually they said that they became aware of it just after the bug was released but I think you became aware of it as soon as the uh the only people in your <laughs> that were playing your game still kind of got a bit mad well on PS5 right so all 106 of them uh, are now in imminent Genius. danger because yeah like like you know I'm not going to blanket statement people that watch streamers and things but there is some bad eggs out there you know oh, and yeah. there is some people that would use this information to their advantage and impact people's safety and you know sense of just security you know being able to stream from their own location that is that is unknown to people unless they want it to be known and having that that privacy taken away through no fault of their own just saying hey i like this game you know i'm a loyal marvel's the avengers fan i'm gonna keep playing this game there's future dlc you know there's new characters out now you know let's let's stand behind let's stand behind these studios and hope this game lives on for future years and then like you know what playstation 5 users we're gonna chuck your ip addresses out to the world so uh suffer suffer <laughs> The most exclusive content drop, which is their <laughs> their players' IP addresses. Yeah, that is uh, no, that, that's that's free. That's not even a paid download. So uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, don't hear any flow on from this where someone has tried to cause harm or cross oh. personal boundaries or barriers with anyone that had these IP addresses showcased. Because uh, yeah, don't don't be like that. Like. I feel we've got a pretty good listener base here. We, we've got a lot of great fans that wouldn't resort to these types of shenanigans. But yeah, just just because you might get this information 
legally, illegally, otherwise, whatever you want to define it as, don't don't be invading people's personal spaces, you know, respect their privacy, respect who they are, you know, you can appreciate their content, but just don't don't be forcing yourself into into their safe space. That's that's not appropriate. Never is. Oh, yeah. Never is. So uh yeah, just just uh don't be like uh don't be like the developers of Marvel's The Avengers and just uh throw this throw this information out there, you know. Just uh, be smarter and yeah, be be good people. Be good people. Be good. And um Miss Hart, I think this is a pretty good segue right to this. Sweet of the week. Speaking of good people, uh, Annapurna Interactive and Luis Antonio have uh, dropped a pretty spicy tweet via way of at 12 Minutes Game on Twitter. And it's the official, in air quotes, film poster for 12 Minutes. And you can read more about it at 12minutesgame.com for more on synopses and this game and how it's going. But this poster is big old chef's kiss. It is so artsy and like mm. noir and it just very, looks like, cool um reminds me of like kind of like uh like you said like noir but also like very alfred hitchcock yes yes very very hitchcockian uh hitchcock. but i cannot wait for this game cannot wait for this game an interactive yeah. thriller about a man trapped in a time loop is the little little byline underneath the uh the 12 minutes heading there I, i'm also curious about this like film poster like release like is it something that they're going to sell because you know what how cool would it be if some of these like incredible games started doing film posters hell and yeah you could like pre-order and get these like like this is gorgeous like you could have this poster up in your house and for anyone that wasn't you know video gaming inclined they would just see that and be like i want to see that movie that looks interesting I'm wondering, you know, speaking out loud, putting that tinfoil hat on we had before oh, when we okay. were getting old uh, conspiracy and hypothesizing about FF9. Yeah. Are we going to get a movie or some kind of actual short film offshoot off this? You know, they've got they've got the voice cast. Mm. It could be an animated movie instead of getting to actually play the characters. Will we see something like this made off the back of 12 minutes? Oh, I mean, they could. If they really wanted to, they could. It would be interesting to see, like... First, I'm curious if there's, like... Because 12 Minutes is about replaying the scene, learning from your experience, and then kind of doing something different to get a different outcome. I'm assuming there's going to be an actual, like, good ending, like and what was essentially meant to happen to begin with from start to finish that would be de- um, described as a good ending. I'm wondering if like that that whole experience will play out for you. That that would be cool. That would be really cool. I'm so excited for this game, Miss Heart. I cannot wait to play 12 minutes. Yeah, me too. Just been waiting so long. I think the bad ending is they actually show your IP address to uh, Willem <laughs> Dafoe, and he comes and tracks you down, and then gives he dances you that, on and you the just crazy. open the front door, and he just gives you that creepy smile, and then you just mm. shut the front door and go about your day. But yeah, 12 minutes. Cannot wait. Uh, for those that want to have, like, they've got less patience and want things now, you could probably go over here. New releases and events. So this is stuff that's dropping well before 12 minutes hits our game screens. And obviously, The Hungry Games episode 247, which you're listening to right now, 
Uh, but if we're going to jump to Tuesday, we've got not only the latest episode of Hoop Dreams dropping, but also that Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart spoiler cast, which we alluded to at the start of this podcast, available right here on the Hungry Games RSS feed on Tuesday. Uh, if we're going to jump a couple of days down the line, we've got Is This Thing On, the latest episode of the Kofi exclusive 8-bit podcast available for Kofi subscribers only over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. And Friday, as far as other media, obviously we've got Loki episode four dropping on that Wednesday too, if you wanted to highlight that. Uh, but I wanted to also highlight the Tomorrow War coming out this Friday, is that the which one is some. Um, it is. It's some alien invasion, Chris Pratt sci-fi shooter action thingamajigger. But I'm like, I'm okay. sorry. I saw the trailer. And I'm like, why does this feel like a bunch of movies that they just threw it together? Like, it feels like War of the Worlds. It feels like that other movie Tom Cruise was in about like resetting. Uh, um, um, I love that movie. Now I'm blanking. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like it feels like a, a lot of movies kind of mushed into one, and there's some great like acting, like um, actors attached to this movie as well. But for the most part, the trailer just <laughs> I'm just like, no, I feel like I've seen this. It looks like a bit of a mess, and uh, it's it's my kind of mess. I'm gonna watch it this uh, you know next weekend and see if it is fine, if what it's surprisingly it <laughs> good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the Tomorrow War coming out exclusively for uh, you know Amazon subscribers, so you can get that uh, next next Friday for for Amazon users. As far as new games coming out, there's nothing new dropping per se. Like a lot of games that may have first released a year or two ago on say PC are making their way to console. So mm-hmm. um, stuff like uh, Destroy All Humans is is landing on the Switch on the 29th of June. Uh, jumping down a little bit, Spirit of the North, which came out, I think, in 2019 on Steam. It's coming out on Xbox Series X slash S and Xbox One on the 29th as well. Uh, Doki Doki Literature, Literature Club Plus is dropping on every platform on the 30th. Uh, but just be careful with that one. That that's, uh, <laughs> that game uh, hits you in some, some ways emotionally that not everyone might be equipped to handle or, or want to get into. So just... Uh, Maybe do a bit of reading up on that if you think that's your cup of tea or not, because it's uh, tonally it's it's pretty pretty heavy. Yeah, don't start playing it and be like, "What the hell is Brendan talking about?" Like, yeah, <laughs> take yeah. that, take that advice. Yeah, and then uh, Greedfall makes its way to consoles, PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X slash S on the thirtieth as well. That's mm. a game that initially started on the PC. About uh, nine months ago, I believe. I think it came out uh, September-ish last year? Question mark? It feels recent-ish. But or can, more recent. I don't know. Time's <laughs> weird now, so it's hard to keep track of things. Time um, is weird. Uh, we would have obviously discussed the previous week, but uh, Mario Golf um, dropped today-ish, I guess, for both of us. And um, I don't know if I want to play it. Uh, the reviews aren't great. <laughs> Yeah, the reviews are, it's it's a big bogey-shaped review, uh, or double bogey, some might say, if we're going to go into these golfing ah, terms. Yeah. Like, like uh, yeah, it's it's very, ho- and it's surprising because Mario games typically, especially on the Switch, they review really, really well. But this is the first one where almost unanimously everyone's like, yeah, okay. 
Yeah. It's golf, but we want more, you know? Or these the adventure mode or whatever it's called is is lacking and it's hollow and it it's it's missing the the required Mario content that people are clamoring for. So uh yeah, yeah it's fine at best from what I see from the reviews with our mm. metrics. And obviously reviews have other people's opinions, which is fine. It's, you know, how how you should understand reviews that not everyone is the same so there's always that off chance that maybe a lot of people disliked it or wasn't you know crazy about it and you may love it but uh, based on like what i've been reading and kind of what i've seen i've seen donkey kong he don't look right Mm. yeah it's uh this review is certainly out in the rough that's for sure so uh yeah sad because i like these mario games i do like mario golf i was actually really really excited for this mario golf because i played the last one which i think was on ds she says with no confidence whatsoever feels like it was a ds game Mm, i think you could be right with no confidence in my assurance (laughs) but uh the internet will tell me yeah it's just um it's a shame because these these mario titles they're not cheap either so like you're getting in at, at top dollar. You're getting in at uh, you know penthouse pricing pricing to uh, to buy these Mario games. So High risk, if it yeah. isn't what you want, especially if you're buying it digitally, uh, <laughs> it's it's a tough uh, tough pill to swallow. So uh, yep. good luck out there, golfers. Hopefully mm. this game is for you. If I can get a copy cheap, I still might pick it up because I'm, I'm excited or interested or intrigued to play this game with friends, get a little bit of, you know, party party golf atmosphere going on. But outside of that, yeah, I'm not in an urgent rush to try and pick up a couple of Mario, uh, pick up a copy of Mario Golf. No. Mario Party, though. <laughs> oh, yes. I am down for Mario Party. Give me some Same. party online fun later this year. Yep. But Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of the Hungry Games episode 247. Anything you want to say before we shut down this studio? No, I'm just uh, happy to be back. Uh, happy to be back on the airwaves for our listeners. Airwaves? Podcasting waves? Yeah. Internet. But um, yeah, we'll get the ball rolling and keep the episodes flowing and see everyone back on Monday. Yeah, and we've got our episode 250 coming up soon. Oh, shit, yeah. Which is crazy. Maybe we'll think of trying to do something for 250. Or listeners, if you've got ideas on things that could be fun for our 250th episode, hit us up on them socials at We're8Bit, at Brendan8Bit, or at Miss Alec Hart. Or drop us an email if you want to dive deeper in that uh, thought process. Hello at 8bit.net because uh, we haven't given it really any thought as far as what we're doing for episode 250. (laughs) (laughs) So send us your best or worst ideas and we'll see what we can make happen. We've still got a couple of weeks up our sleeve, but uh, it could be be fun to do something a little different for 250 maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah. Apeit Nation, thanks for stopping on by. It's been our pleasure to bring you the gaming news and infotainment that you love. But until next time, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.